Attention. Raging review. The Raging Cajuns will be a source of pride for this university, for the alumni, fans, and donors as we achieve success in the classroom, in the competitive arena, and in the community. It's about to get really fun. We're looking for dudes that will stand up. Well, coach, let me tell you today, I'm here and I'm ready to stand up. And I challenge you, Raging Cajun Nation, to stand up with us. Stand up with us, let's lock hand in hand, and let's walk through the gates of Omaha. Hey, I love y'all boys. Let's grind every day starting today. Let's do it. Y'all ready? Alarm! Alarm! Ready! Who's that team ready? Who's that team ready? That's up! I got one thing to say right here. Cajun win! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Raisin Review Podcast. Gerald Paul and myself will be driving the ship tonight. And okay, we heard you. We'll talk about basketball. Stop calling, texting, and social media messaging. So Jerry, uh, we had an event in the Cajun Dome on Saturday. It was fun. We did. We've coined the phrase win the event around here. That's our thing. We, we talk about winning the event. I think two Saturdays in a row, the Cajuns, the Cajun Dome, the Cajun fan base, the players, the teams, the coaches, the administration. I think we won the event. Uh, and I think that's worth covering. And I think it's worth talking about. And uh, I, I don't feel like that's jumping on the bandwagon or anything, but I think it's something that we got to talk about. How do you feel about it? No, I agree 100%. You know, we talked about it behind the scenes and, and really – the Marshall game, the entire aura of the Cajun Dome, the atmosphere, the electricity, the noise, the Cajun chicken coming back, of course, uh, that, that was fantastic. Everything about that atmosphere spelled nostalgia for me because I remember going to games when I was a kid growing up where we had six or 7,000 people and the atmosphere was electric and the Cajun chicken was doing his thing and 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 we were winning and and there was just so much energy and we haven't seen that over in the last few years and i think part of that was the product on the court was inconsistent it wasn't always on par with the standard that i that we you know a lot of fans felt were being reached um i thought that last night I look at last night as a measuring stick, personally. I think what we saw last night with the atmosphere and just everything about that game, that felt big time. And moving forward, that should be the standard of every single game. Now, you're not always going to attract a 19-5 and team to come play you. And I know Marshall, this was the first time we've hosted Marshall, I think, I don't know, maybe ever in the Cajun Dome. I could be wrong. Uh, I don't have any stat books in front of me or anything. I think we played them one other time years, years ago. Right, but I mean, you played a, a, you know, luckily they're in the conference, but you played a well-known team that not many fans have seen. I mean, if they, if Marshall were would have been a non-conference game for us in the past, that would have been an attractive game. Sure. But not only did they come to the Cajun Dome as a conference mate, they came into the Cajun Dome vying for first, battling you for first place. So, of course, that attracted fans. Then you include, again, the Cajun chicken, and you have all of these experiences. But 
that should be the standard of what we experienced last night. That should be the standard moving forward uh, as far as the experience itself. So uh, I thought we had to talk about it. I know you were there. I was there with my wife and our friends, and and it was a blast. I, I just it, – it brought back so many memories, and this should not be a one-off. This should not be a one-off. I, 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 this should be every game. If you really – want to bring fans back you like you said you have to win the event and kudos to the administration kudos to the students kudos to cajun nation it was it was a memorable night i agree with you and before we get into the bullet points of why it worked and we're going to do that i feel like it's important to give context um if anybody listening has followed the podcast for I mean, we're on season five, so we've been around for a little while. if you have any amount of history with us you know that we've taken certain stances on basketball and just to kind of address why and, and the things that happened behind the scenes, if you, if you didn't catch things that happened, you know, last year, it, there have been folks that will that have said and will say going forward that, you know, how could you be diehard fans and not cover basketball? Let me be very clear. I follow the team. I, I have always ridden for these guys that signed up to play for the Cajuns and worn Louisiana across their chest. This has absolutely nothing to do with those people and their parents and their people that support them. And I know that for a fact they, to some degree, understand that because they still reach out to us. We had a phone call from somebody that's, uh, well, I don't want to give it away, but we had a, a few phone calls today, actually, uh, people very close, closely tied to the program. We've had those communications and those those uh, types of, of events happen throughout the course of the last year, ever since we went to the Sunbelt Championship last year and we did a whole bunch of coverage on the team. But there have been things that, look, I'm a fan just like the majority of the people out there listening. We have only a few different tools to maybe show our displeasure or voice our displeasure. And it's not just that. I understand... And we're not going to make this about Bob Marlin. I don't want to talk about Bob Marlin today, but this is part of the story, so it has to be addressed. A month-long run doesn't change 11 of 13-year statistics, records, whatever you want to call it, inconsistencies. There's a lot of people out there that will agree with this statement, and I don't think it's controversial to say. We've had talent in this program over the course of a decade. We've had the tools and, and the people in place to where we could be successful. 2017 is a, a great, you want to talk about a measuring stick. 2017, Jerry and I used to have this conversation all the time and Jerry would call me up and say, hey, uh, I don't know if we're going to win tonight. And I would say the same thing and he'll, he'll back me up on this. If we can't win with this roster, we cannot win. I said that over and over and over. And sure enough, we kind of got left at the altar uh, a game before we even got to the conference championship. The fan base ca has continually been let down in men's basketball for pretty much 20 years, basically. So we did, and it's true. It, again, if you've been following the pod, we took a step back from basketball coverage. It wasn't because we didn't believe in the guys. It was because, they were, again, we have a limited amount of ways to so, show displeasure, and it wasn't just that. Obviously, there was some upheaval about keeping the head coach installed after yet another season where we felt like we didn't finish where we should have with results with the talent that we have on the roster, okay? That's not being a sports fan. That's not being emotional. That's not being too close. That's a fact. We had a McDonald's All-American on the roster, and you know, our only chance to even sniff 
anything even close to uh, what we look at as a successful season was to make a run in the conference tournament. And I know a lot of people like to say it's three days in March, but that's not how you build a program. I'm going to say that forever. Yeah, we all want to go to the dance. Yeah, we all want to be on a bracket and be able to be part of the dance and, and everything that comes with that. But the way that you get crowds like you got last Saturday and the Saturday before that is by building a program week in, week out over a season, not three days in March. So I know it's a nice little catchphrase, but that's not how you build a program. And I promise you recruits think the same thing. Recruits don't want to play in front of an empty arena for four months and then have an opportunity to go to the dance for a week. I'm telling you right now, no recruit wants that. I, that's just a, it's not a fact, it's my opinion, but I feel like it's a pretty good one, right? I mean, anyway, I don't want to get too far into it, but that's where we're at. So it was that. It was our feeling toward the direction of the program. For me personally, I don't speak for Jerry on this, but I didn't feel like the commitment was there. I felt like we had so many other things going on with football and a lot of transition going on and Obviously, you guys saw the budget report come out where we lost $5.3 million this past year. There's so many things that this administration's dealing with, especially post-COVID. Brian Maggard's got so many things going on with the stadium. You know, obviously had to retool his administration and his support staff with everybody taking other jobs. He's got a ton on his plate. I felt like the commitment to basketball, who has really been the hard rock core of our fan base over the last 40, 40 50 years, I felt like there was something left to be desired. I didn't do it publicly. We did it behind the scenes. We tried our best to keep it as classy as we could. We didn't call for firings and we didn't, we didn't hoop and holler. We just kind of kept it to ourselves. The problem came where, how do I, how do I approach this, Jerry? The problem came where people that were, very close to the, the, the basketball program, people that have their face all over media, basically slandered us in media publicly, said that Razor Review was saying not true things and trying to go around people for interviews in an inappropriate way. I think you all know who I'm talking about. I'm not going to use the name because I don't think it's a, I, it doesn't need to be said. When people that are basically helping to run the program start telling you that you're not welcome, and telling you that you're wrong and you're hurting the program when all we were trying to do was set the standard for what we saw in the Dome the last two Saturday nights. That was always the goal. Jerry will back me up on that. When you start honestly being pushed away by the community that's supposed to support the health of the program, we had no recourse. Our recourse was, okay, well, then we just won't talk about it. If everything we say is hurting the program, if we're bringing negative attention to the program, if we're not the fans the way you want us to be fans, you guys remember my rant about don't piss on my driveway, right? That's what it was all about. Our only recourse was to just kind of move on. And while we've tried to highlight individual players on social media and we've kind of kept in contact with some of the managers and things like that, we just did not want to set ourselves up for failure. We did not want to seem like we were being disingenuous. And this is not a bandwagon situation. We are all about being a sounding board for the fan base. And I'm telling you right now, going into the men's basketball season this year, the fan base was upset that the direction had not changed with men's basketball. And that's not just fans, man. That are, that's people that, well, look, it's not just the fans. I'll leave it at that. It's not just the fans. We took the stance that we took, and I'm not sorry about it. I'm not going to apologize for it. I still don't think that we're wrong. I still think that one month 
One season doesn't change 13. But this ain't about Bob Marlin. This is about a bunch of guys that believe that they can win or are going to win every time they step on the floor. The way that they play represents that. People that just want to win, I, I identify with it. I can sniff it. I can smell it. They have it. And I don't want to be seen as somebody, somebody that came, Johnny come lately, now they're winning. Oh, now you guys want to talk about them. No, 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 no. Let's be clear here. You guys sent out the bad signal, all right? You've been fussing at us for not talking about a winning program. And maybe in some regard, you're right. Maybe we should be giving them more coverage. Well, here we are. We're going to give them some coverage. But we're not going to give coverage to the whole, the whole gamut of it all. We're not going to be like, oh, well, we were wrong about this and we're wrong about that. What we're going to do is we're going to tell individual stories about players that want to win. Players that want to have Louisiana across their chest. That's what we're here to do. Because at the end of the day, we won the event on Saturday. We won the event the Saturday prior. This team has won 10 in a row. They're going to Southern Miss on Thursday to play what Southern Miss is calling one of the biggest games in their history. They're expecting a sellout. It's a whiteout. Cajun basketball hasn't been this exciting. And I'm look, I, this is no slight to the 2017 team. I'm telling you, and I was having a conversation with somebody about this earlier. 2017 was crazy talented. Very deep. All that. I think this particular team has more defined roles. We have guys that have accepted their roles and play it to the best of their ability, and they do it with a smile on their face. They're all bought in, to use a, you know, worn-out cliche. They're bought in. They play for each other. They, 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 they play for the fans. It almost feels like they play for the fans, right? I mean, that's something that you can wrap your arms around, and I think that as Raging Review, you know, you're going to build yourself as a sounding board for the fan base. Early in the season, nobody cared about basketball. Right now, it's a buzz around town. And it deserves coverage, and that's why we're going to talk about it. We haven't changed our minds on anything. But when people achieve big things, and they uh, they do it the way that they're doing it. I mean, Karen Crow Joe is a thing now. They got signs in the stands saying Karen Crow Joe. I can, you can't ignore that. You got to have the lovable characters on a team like that. You got Lafayette locals like growing up in, into big boy basketball players like Greg Williamson. You got Deion Brown's boy coming back, Jordan Brown, you know, the McDonald All-American and all the hype. He comes back to Lafayette and he puts up what is going to turn out to be a great Cajun career. These are things that, that can't go unnoticed and we would be doing a disservice to the people who follow the podcast if we didn't talk about it. The kids deserve the coverage. We're going to do that today. Well said, man. That was very well said. I'm one of those, look, I've, I've been around this program a long time, like, like you, Josh, and I've followed this basketball program all the way from grade school till today. And, you know, just because we don't talk about it on the podcast doesn't mean we still don't watch the games. We still don't follow the team. I mean, I've watched just about every game. I, 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 I've really enjoyed seeing this team develop. I've really enjoyed seeing this team uh, grow as the season has gone on. I've really it really enjoyed seeing this team click on all cylinders and each player knowing his role. That's something we haven't seen in a long time with our basketball, our teams is that we haven't really, a lot of times we've seen players play different roles. Well, I feel like this team has players that know his role. I mean, last night against Marshall, you know, the last couple of weeks we've been shooting lights out from three point range. Last night we won with our two bigs. I mean, Lewis and Brown, that duo, I mean that, that I've been, screaming from for years we need we need a big man or two especially in the Sun Belt that gives you an automatic competitive advantage and we we have that we have two of them two two gargantuans in the paint dominating 
They they are they are unbelievable players, and they and they put you can tell they they play hard. They put their 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 they put their their their, their strength on the line, their confidence on the line. They just get it done, and they have a passion. There's a passion they play with. When I see Jalen Dowcourt high five and fans before the clock strikes zero because we're about to win the game, that there's a connection between this team and the fan base. Something that we haven't seen probably since I want to say Alfred Payton and Sean Long and those guys. I, and I no discredit to the 2017, 2018 team, but I, I feel like the the team from 2014 was kind of like that because they kind of, there wasn't much expectation going into that season. Now, 2017, 2018 team, they were fantastic. But another team that I think of when I think of that player fan connection were the days of Dwayne Mitchell, Orion Green, Michael Southall, uh, Brian Hamilton, you know, Chris Cameron. I mean, just just it, it's studs. it's a great point to highlight the difference. 2017, 2018, unbelievable, crazy talented. A lot of those guys are still playing professionally and doing really well overseas. There was there's that EP team, especially late in the season. You could feel kind of the love affair with the fans and the players. This is different. It feels a little bit like that, but I think it's more pronounced. And I don't know if it's because yeah. we've been starved for a winner for so long. I'm talking about a winner. A winner that that rises to the occasion, that kind of team, which they did on Saturday. Look, we don't have to get into the minutiae, but we didn't play well offensively on Saturday, and we blew out Marshall. One of the better teams, probably the top three team in this league. I mean, we turned no it over question. 17 times, and we shot 57% from free throw line, and we beat them by 10, and the game should have been a blowout from start to finish. We never we never trailed. Uh, I just wanted right. to throw that in there, but I agree with you that the difference with this team is that there's something about them, to me, that makes them, uh, they feel familiar. Something about them feels yeah. familiar. Maybe it's because there's some locals on the team. I don't know what it is, but something about it, uh, you can tell with with the student turnout, especially recently. You can tell. Look, they had the the victory mosh pit at the end of the that game. That was awesome. How cool that is that? Awesome. How far does that go to engagement? You want to talk about getting the Greeks and the students involved? Having the players mosh pit with them in the student section after a big victory. That's how you do it, man. Absolutely. And, and you know what else? Like, we're never gonna as a podcast. We're not gonna sugarcoat something that's obviously in front of us. And, and really, to your point, Josh. The last look, let me just give you some basic statistics. The last four years, we've averaged sixth place in the Sun Belt. We've had the second going into this season before the four new schools were added, we had the second largest operation operating budget in the Sun Belt in basketball. I've heard from people inside the basketball program tell me things like, well, we don't have as much money anymore. We can't charter flights. We don't have this. We don't have that. Well, I'm looking at a team right now that's 20 and four and battling for battling for a postseason bid. And they still don't have those things. That's not stopping them from being 20 and four. Uh, I see a team over the last five or six years, whose uh, head coach's salary is one of the highest in the league. But again, back to the point where you're averaging six plays. At the end of the day, there has to be a there's a return on investment when it comes to fan bases as well as what the fans pay to see when they see a product on the court. And to me, I felt like that return on investment wasn't quite there on par with what fans were paying and asking for. And so when you don't get that, people don't show up. When you're when you're preseason two uh, preseason pick second or third in the conference and you finish eighth place. You, you can't expect people to jump on board with that. I'm sorry. You just can't. That's not the fans' fault. That's not the fans' fault. That's on whoever is, you know, whether you're running the team or playing or whatever. Like, 
you understand that's why the fans weren't that's why the fans weren't reciprocating support. And I understand there's a sense of loyalty and loyalty to the school and loyalty to the program. I get that. But after a while, when you've been let down so many times, eventually people just throw their hands and go, why bother? It's like the Charlie Brown, Lucy football uh, analogy, right? You pull the football away too many times. You're not going to attempt the field goal anytime soon. Right. And I think that's where, where we were, but you know, this year's team, Every time you think they're going to find a way to blow it or find a way to lose, they get it done and they win and they, and they, and they dominate. And that's something that fans have been waiting for for many years that we have not seen. Now I don't expect our team to go 20 something in five every season. I don't expect that. I'm a realist. I know, but for the resources, I'm going to just say this for the resources, this program has for the passionate fan base that exists here. Uh, the facility we play in, uh, the money that we've actually put into the program. There's no reason why, and uh, no reason why, we should not be competing in the top four or at least in the hunt for the top four year in and year out. Some people may say that's too much. Some people may say I'm dreaming. I, I don't agree with that because I look at the other schools in this conference. I see what they have and I see what we have. We're very blessed. We are. We're very blessed. So, you know, back to your point about what happened last year. Uh, to me, at the end of the day, it's all about standards. We have to have certain standards here. I don't want to hear that, you know, well, it's not like what it used to be. And, you know, basketball is not what it was in the South. Basketball is not what it was in the South. You've got Houston three hours away. That's a top five program. A mid-major just like us. They were in the Cajun Dome less than 10 years ago and we beat them. They were number one in the country two weeks ago. You've got a two-lane team right now that's making a tournament run. You know, you've got a bunch of mid-majors here that have really performed well to a point where that to a point where we 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 should be doing the same thing as them. So one of the things that turned us off was this idea that the culture of can't, we can't do it. I keep mentioning the culture of can't. I don't want to hear that. UL basketball, just like any other sport at this university, has the potential to do some great things. You know, to say that it's impossible to make the tournament more than once every 12 years, to me, is is ridiculous. I'm sorry, it is. Uh, we have the resources, we have the talent, we have the fan support. Now, moving forward, moving forward, let's go get it done. Let's go compete. Let's compete with the best of them. Let's 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 go let's go achieve some greatness. That's all we're asking for. Well, and so the great thing, the great thing about this season, right, is that this team has provided clarity. Because all those excuses that you just mentioned, and that's exactly what the hell they are. They're excuses. They are a loser mentality excuse mill. It's propaganda, just like I always tell you it is. It's propaganda. Look at this year's team. It provides clarity. We still aren't taking charter buses. We still don't have all the money. We still have the same amount of resource. We still everything that they've told us for 10, 12 years, all the propaganda they've spewed. And again, it's not just us, man. What we do on this podcast is we reflect what we hear from the people that we associate with. And it's a lot of fans. It's propaganda. This team is different than a lot of Bob Marlins teams in one way. They believe in each other. Well, a couple ways. They believe in each other, they're bought in, and they want to win. They're relentless. 
You got guys like Tyron Lewis on the ground fighting for every loose ball, getting every rebound, every offensive rebound. I mean, this guy's taking shots to the face. He's constantly getting beat up. He's the glue guy. He he is basically he is he's Brian Hamilton without the the hops. Brian Hamilton could jump out of the gym. He's he is Brian Hamilton. Now Brad's gonna slap me for saying that, but he he <laughs> reminds me of of of, of uh, Ham. He just does. You got guys like uh, uh, Famous Folks. All he wants to do is win. He wants to win. He doesn't care how he wins. He doesn't care how many points he has, how many assists he has. He wants to win. Every time that guy gives an interview, he talks about winning. Win, win, win. He talks about nothing else. Those are the kind of players that I can get behind, all right? Those are the kind of guys you want in your program. Too many times I feel like in this program we've gotten recruits with talent, but a lot of guys played for themselves. You can well, see on the court that this team doesn't play for individuals. They play as a, as a group. To, to sum it up, too many times in this program, we've been told by people of why, you know, they give us every reason under the sun of why we can't do something. We can't do this. That's because, because this. there are a lot of losers of that. that want to give you every excuse in the book as to why we're not achieving. Why have we finished an average of sixth place the last five years or four years? Oh, well, we have this reason. Mardi Gras was a distraction. The altitude, football, Magra gave all the money, football. All those dumbass excuses you've heard in you know, post-games, people around the program, people in the social club, all these people. And I'm not saying all of the people in the social club are like that. I'm saying these comments come from that orbit. It's one of the reasons why the social club is 50, 60 people and not 500 people. Because a lot of those people turn off people that have standards and want to win. Just look at us. All we want to do is win. That's all we care about, the health of the program. And anytime we talk about why we're not winning, the losers come in and tell us, oh, well, y'all don't understand. You know, Bob, you know, y'all just too hard on Bob. You don't understand all the th- stuff he's fighting. So many people in this country that are Div- Division One coaches are fighting a lot of the same issues with a lot less resources and winning. I don't want to hear <laughs> it. Look at this team in 2022. They showed you that all of that other crap is excuses or excuses. Yeah. No, they are. They are excuses. And I'm sorry. Like there are some situations where, yeah, we may have hardships, but that doesn't excuse some of the finishes we've had. And so that when when that adds up and that accumulates and then Rage and Review gets scapegoated on top of what that nonsense is. And it comes to a point as fans, we're just we just throw our hands up and go, well, why bother? Why bother? Why bother? How do you expect us to to want to win and have expectations if if you're telling me every every reason under the sun why we can't reach those expectations? Like don't like you're countering us of why we can't succeed. And and like I've said about football, I've said about baseball, basketball, every softball, every sport. People call my expectations unrealistic. I want to be the best of the best, man. I want to go in, a, in like this basketball team. I hope this basketball team goes to the Sweet Sixteen. All I'm asking for is to see Louisiana on the bracket. If Loyola Chicago can go to the final four, Louisiana can go to the sweet 16. No question. And if you don't believe that, what are you doing it for? What are you doing it for? If you don't believe that St. Peter has leaks in their gym, they, they, their electricity goes out before games, their floors all wet because of the fact that they don't have maintenance to clean it up. And they went to the elite eight last year. I mean, and, and you want to talk about a school with no resources, you know, school that doesn't have what we have, they went to the Elite Eight last year. I mean, so so I'm not saying, you know, the Cajuns should go to the Sweet 16 every year. All I'm saying is, is I think moving forward, we need to set our standards a little bit higher and not just be complacent. That's all I'm saying. 
complacency should have no room for any of our programs, no matter what sport it is. I'm not just saying basketball, any sport. The culture of can't cannot continue to poison our expectations. What, what people need, need to stop saying that. I think what people need to understand is y'all, you know, everybody's always crying about how the Cajun Dome is empty. And yeah, it's a problem. But maybe when you start holding the basketball program to a certain standard, like it used to be held to, maybe the Cajun Dome will be full again. And maybe you won't have to win a thousand games in a row to get people to show up. Maybe they'll understand that, hey, there's actually, I mean, look at baseball. We had a four-year lull where, I mean, we weren't very good at all. And people still showed up to the games. You know why? Because they knew there was a standard in place. I think that that can be, we can do that again in basketball. Again, we just want to win. We just want to win. We're not here to say anything bad about it. I don't care who the coach is. You know, Jerry's dog could be the coach. I don't care. I want to win. I want to win. At the end of the day, I think everybody wants to win just like I do. I just think a lot of people give way too much rope because they get too close to the throne. They go to the luncheons and they go to the social club meetings and they feel important. So they want to give 50,000 reasons why we're not winning. They want to give you 50,000 reasons why we've been to the dance one time since 2000. 1999? Uh, 2005 or six. Yeah, something like that. It's 20 years, one time 20. That is unacceptable with a program like ours that has history like we do. With the resources that we have, the fan bases that we have, the the recruiting pipelines, we've got it all. The arena, everything. There's absolutely no reason why this can't be every year or every other year. That's the way I see it. And I don't understand why other people don't think that. But look, we stated our piece. That's- okay. Yes, and I just want to say, like, guys, I know you guys are looking at us. We're, y'all are, we're 20 and 4 right now. Why in the world are y'all ranting about this? Look, this is almost a year in the making, so we're trying to combine it all in one small episode. But but understand, this is what, like, just understand where we're coming from because, look, we're not saying we're the voice of our entire fan base, but there's a lot of people out there who weren't showing up to the games for a long time, and we're speaking on behalf of them. We're speaking on behalf of the other, the extra three or 4,000 fans that were at that game last night who had to wait for us to actually do something, expecting disappointment on the way, and finally when we delivered, they said, okay, I'm going to give this this team a chance again. And again I'm going to give this team a shot. A shout-out to those people because – Again, we talked about this. Apathy is a very slippery slope. Once you realize you don't care about something, it's very hard to kind of get reengaged. I know people that have basically given up on on on, on UF, UL athletics as a whole, not just men's basketball. Uh, I, I think it's a very it's a dangerous place to be. And there were times where I thought maybe basketball was getting close to that. Saturday proved that it wasn't. Saturday no. Saturday showed yes. what Lafayette can be. You know well, what it, what it can be again. again. You know, what what it can return to. Last night, whoever's listening, whether I don't care if basketball coaches, staff, players, last night, the atmosphere in that in that uh, in that building, that needs to be the standard moving forward. Period. End of story. That needs to be the standard marketing team, promotions, administrators, the entire game day experience. We've been ranting about game day experience last night. To me, a plus outside of maybe a little bit of concession lines. You get an a plus in my book. Look, a plus. And and I'll back them up on this. And, and, and I don't know. I'll back them up on this. I don't mind standing in line when the place is full. The problem is when I stand in line and there's nobody in the place. That's, that's the issue. (laughs) But even that I'm fine with it. Look, dude, I'm fine with it. A plus all the way down, all the way down the grade sheet for everybody involved. And, and I sent out some messages last night of people I haven't talked to in a long time telling them, look, if we're going to give you a hard time where when we feel like you're failing, I'm definitely going to give you an attaboy or an girl when I feel like you guys came through. Because this is why we get on here and talk about this every week. 
we want to get back to a level of, you know, where we feel like it's satisfactory for the men's men's basketball program. But I want to spend a little bit of time on Saturday and then I want to talk about the roster. Saturday we was, got that out the way. Yeah. All right, so we have, we, we've, we've addressed that. It's done. Look, we're, we're in it. We want to win this thing. Let's go. Hey, look, let's go win the conference, man. Let's go to the dance. Yes. I want to see Louisiana on a bracket. I've been saying that for years in spite of, you know, our, our dissatisfaction. All we want to see is Louisiana on the bracket and, and, or at least competing, getting to that position and no, not, not finishing in eighth place and getting to the final because you had one good weekend. I'm talking consistency, 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 go, just keep playing the way you're playing, and eventually, I promise you, this team will be rewarded, and the fans will be very happy. And in a time where we really need the money, making it to the dance is worth a lot of money. We need it. Oh we gosh. need the promotion. We need the payout. We need it all. So those that are interested in the business side of sports, you got to root for the team just from a financial standpoint. We need it. Yeah. And, and yeah. also, if, you, if you're a baseball fan out there, I know a lot of us are, the momentum rolling in from basketball to baseball it's a real thing. The administration talks about no this question. all the time. We need no that question. continued support throughout the athletic year because it really matters in other sports. Saturday. was in. Saturday. Yes. Big Cat and I show up early. We got our treats. We sat in the seat. It was great. It felt great. There was a buzz in the concourse, buzz in the stadium or in the, in the, in the arena. Everybody around us happy. Uh, by the way, shout out to Nick Deal and his nice little family that we met. He sat in front I of us. Him. He, you know, you know, every now no and then text message, I got no phone call. Yeah. What is this? Come on, Nick. Every now and then this still happens where you go to the games and people will recognize your voice. And it's still weird when the stranger that you don't know turns around and says, oh, you're <laughs> you're such and such. Like, yeah, yeah. But but anyway, Major review, right? Yeah. It was good to see Nick. Uh, if, if I'm right, Nick is he's the guy who drives in from Mississippi to come to the games, right? Yes, that's correct. He so, lives right outside of Hattiesburg. So he might I hope they need some red at, uh, at the arena in uh, Hattiesburg on Thursday night. Yeah. So so there you go. Nick was there and and. That just goes to show you some fans are dedicated and they'll make that type of uh, of sacrifice to get to the games. His kids were great. Uh, anyway, everything was good. I mean, I the intros were great. I love the little video that they put together. I thought it was well done. Uh, shout out to Haley. I, I really, I, I'm struggling to find a, anything to complain about. I, I, it felt like, again, when the event, it felt like an event. You know, the Cajun chicken kind of was the cherry on top and we'll get more into that, but just being there, the guys were hype. You know, it was Marshall that came out when those those old school uh, green and white striped pants. pants. Oh, it was yeah. great, man. You know, it, it, it they had some nostalgic portions, you know, the red dot T-shirts in the student section. Shout out to the students for showing up and being loud, affecting the game. Um, I, I really, the guys played great. We had plenty of star power with Greg Williams and, and Jordan Brown being, look, Jordan had 17, I think, in the first half. Greg had yeah. 20. He ended up with 20, I think 20 on the dot, but he scored a lot. He hit some big threes later in that game, really put it on ice. But another ESPN Sports Center top 10 dunk. Just, you know, the dunks. It reminds Beautiful. you, it reminds you of Dwayne putting Dwayne Mitchell. Know, throwing them down. Greg Williams is Dwayne Mitchell, basically, 2023 version. He shoots a little better, but yeah. Uh, he does. He does shoot better. Yes. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Williams will, will appreciate that. But they they give you a reason to get off your feet. They give you a reason to be excited. You're constantly in the game if you're the crowd and the fans. And there wasn't there was no real murmuring and and slow you know you know lulls in the game. It was an exciting game. It was one of those rare moments. And I talked about the bullet points. It was one of those rare moments in in our fandom and and the way that we do things where you got you're not competing with football. You have a good opponent, and a lot of people try to say, well, that's not true. There's a, a certain radio personality that would always argue that, oh, the opponent doesn't matter. 
I'm here to tell you the opponent matters, okay? The opponent matters. So you had a good opponent. It was a conference game. It was for, you know, being top of the table in the Sunbelt Conference, right? It was on It was on a night where you promoted the hell out of the, the event. You gave away some stuff. You involved the kids. You had something nostalgic like the, uh, the Cajun chicken. You ran. This is something that nobody's talking about. You ran the $7 special, and people utilized it. And the way they did it was they went around Ticketmaster. They went around Ticketmaster, and they used Eventbrite. Uh, they did that for the t-shirt sales and they did that for the ticket sales for the $7 special. Okay. No, so you eliminated and kudos to the guys that, that, that did the event and ran tickets and everything. You eliminated every possible conceivable excuse for somebody not to show up. It was great. The weather was good. We got lucky on that. You know, you even had the Mardi Gras ball going, going on next door at the convention center and you still had yeah. 5,300 people in the stadium. There was nothing that you could have said. And Cajun chicken on top of it, which, by the way, mascot, we've been hollering about it for a year. It's an A-plus score uh, down the board. We hit all the bullet points. We hit everything. And you have to have a lot of that come together to have a night like that, which is what we've been trying to say here forever. Rage, uh, by the way, a little Razor Review uh, exclusive tidbit. Expect, so so the 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 promotion through the tickets, uh, the $7.50 750 tickets or seven dollars and fifty cent tickets i'm sorry for the cajun chicken promo uh there was a website called uh, or an app called fivo where you were able to get it without all of the crazy uh get master uh fees expect more of that in the future through fivo that will be able that will allow fans to buy tickets online without having to pay you know i mean basically pay your home mortgage on fees yeah my bad on the event right that was the cajun chicken first. shirt that's you great. Here first, by the way. Look, yeah. man, how long have we been hollering? Get out of the contract. Get out of the. I'm telling you, I'm I'm willing. Like, if I'm Brian, I'm willing to get sued by Ticketmaster at this point because <laughs> you said you said you, you said 750 yeah. a ticket. You ended up spending 44 on on the internet if you had yeah, to. Yeah, listen to this. So so I went through the FIVO app. I got my wife and I. We were going to bring my well, my daughter's under two anyway, but she couldn't go. But my wife and I, or Kayla and I, were going to get tickets uh, through the Cajun Chicken uh, promo. Seven fifty a piece. I think with the fees, it was like seventeen dollars total for two tickets. Right? I go on Ticketmaster's website just out of curiosity to see, okay, what kind of fees are we paying? Because right, that's the elephant in the room are the crazy fees. Two seven dollar two two tickets worth seven dollars and fifty cents. You would think it would be about I don't know twenty bucks, right? With the Ticketmaster fees, forty four dollars. So I paid double the fee per ticket. That's that's uh, fifteen dollars of fees per ticket on top of the seven dollars and fifty cents I paid for the ticket. So the fees were double the ticket cost using. So so if you're trying to bring your kid to the game, right, Josh, you have kids, you you and your wife and the kids were there Four tickets. Right. Multiply that. Let's see. Fifteen times four, sixty times. You're paying almost one hundred dollars for four tickets worth 750 and you're not even talking about the outrageous concession stand and that's prices. not even concessions that's just the tickets it, it's in. look I, i'm gonna tell you right now the commitment i don't think has been there and and also I, I have been disenchanted with a lot of things men's basketball but the cost to go to one of those things and look how many home games do you have a year 14 15 something like that uh, 15 dude the cost is not worth it for me because my kids are going to get the concessions. I mean, it's a night game. If you don't have the time, you get off of school, you have after-school events or whatever. If you're trying to make a 7 o'clock game, unless you have dinner pre-cooked, chances are you're eating a hot dog or a hamburger at the game. By the time we take the family, okay, all of us, and eat, I'm, I'm, I'm out of pocket 150 you know, 170 
if I don't drink beer, you know, it's an outrageous cost. And then we're playing Centenary or, and no disrespect to these schools, but like Louisiana Christian, nobody's going to pay 170 I'll disrespect them. I'm not paying that. I'm not paying that to watch them. I'm not paying that to watch the Pelicans (laughs) play the Dallas Mavericks. You know what I mean? Like just, you pay, you pay less to watch the the, NBA game in the Bells than you do watching us play a D3 school. And look, we say that to say the administration remedied the problem and that, and that needs to be highlighted. Okay. If we're, if we're going to give them a hard time when we think they're not doing their job, the way that it should be done. Well, we got to give them a highlight when they do it right. And I think they did a great job. They found a way to subvert the prop, the, the, the issue with the ticket master. I, I, it's great. I'm, but you see I'm what thrilled. happens when you set a precedence. You see what happens when you actually like what we've been talking about during football season to make that game day experience worthwhile, doing promos, making sure that fans get, you know, they get your perks, everything we've mentioned they did last night and look at, look at that environment, look at that atmosphere. I mean, that, that's the thing. Like, you know, a lot of times these this day and age, you know, I've been told by a few administrators, biggest piece of competition with ESPN plus is 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 our TV. It's the TV. That's what you're competing against to get people to go to games. So if you run promos, you're not just gonna go to a people aren't just gonna follow teams just because they're winning anymore by going to the game. They're just not gonna do it in this day and age because I can literally watch my game on my phone. So that that's that's what you're up against in, in in today's today's world. So you have to run the promos. You have to find ways to make sure you're not paying outrageous fees that cost just as much as a home mortgage uh, or a house note. You got to be able to have certain promos, like for example, I know we had the Cajun Chicken, but other acts like that. And I think you can still regain some of that revenue back because people are going to want to go to those things. People will go to see those events. So, yeah, I mean, I. I I'm not I'm not saying you got to do this every single game, but for most of the games, those type of promos will attract fans. And then on top of that, the product on the court speaks for itself. You know, the team is really good. So I look, I, I keep saying it. What we saw last night needs to be the standard. I think the, I think the point it was outstanding. I think the bigger point is that you can't just get the opponent right. You can't just have a promo. You can't just offer cheap tickets. It's got to all come together. And I know it's sure. a lot of work, but look at the payoff. The payoff is, I mean, look, people are it, people still all over Twitter right now talking about the game. That's that fun. You cannot buy that amount of promotion. And, and again, what we've always argued is if you get the event right, the event will end up selling itself by the people who attended the, the event. So you have, you have a, a returning crowd for next game and then probably some. And your workload probably goes a little bit down. I would say attack it the same way every single time. I still think you got to sell, sell, sell in in a mid-major market in a market like Lafayette. I still think you got to continue to sell. However, it gets a little bit easier when you continue to to rise to the occasion, like we did two Saturdays in a row. Okay. You know what else we talk? You know, we what 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 do what do people always say and fans always say? Well, we got to make sure we impress recruits. Oh gosh. Man, to any recruit that was there last night, I'm willing to bet I would hope they'd be ready to sign on the dotted line tomorrow to come play for the Cajuns. It's a great point. An experience like that. I mean, if you go look, you go around the conference, right? I think we're like fourth or fifth in average attendance. Now I want to say we might have moved up a spot or two in average attendance. But like you go to other arenas, you don't have that atmosphere that you had last night in the Cajun Dome. And here's the thing. This used I told I told Kayla yesterday because Kayla was very impressed by this atmosphere. I said, babe. This is what it was like 15 years ago. Every game, every game was like this. Every game was like this. I mean, I there were times we had eight or 9,000 people 
in the Cajun Dome, and that place was rocking. And last night was just as electric as any game I've ever been to. I mean, I I, I barely sat down, man. Let me tell you, I know you went with 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 your family, but uh, one funny one funny thing about well, last it was night a boys' was, night last night, just me and Big Cat. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So you and Big Cat. So my wife and I were on our way to the game. She's getting text messages from her friends and their kids going. Oh yeah, we're finding something to do. We're going to the game. Oh, are y'all going to the game? Yeah, we're going to the game. Like people that usually don't go to the game were there last night. And the kids, like all the kids we were sitting by, because our friends have kids and all that, like we do, and they had a blast. And you I'm pretty sure they're probably gonna go back because of the atmosphere, you know. Think about the uh, forward momentum, okay? You have that game Southern against Georgia Southern two Saturdays ago. Yet they dig themselves a hole, they fight back, great comeback. It was a very now the crowd wasn't what they expected or I don't know what they expected honestly but I, I thought it would be honestly I thought it would have been a little bit bigger okay but they fought back and they won the game and they did it in thrilling fashion it really was a very man. it was a very entertaining game then yeah. then you have Thursday against Texas State where again crowd wasn't great but it was raucous there was a lot of excitement in the dome it was a big win they really handled Texas State they played really good defense you know another just side of the team that. You know, we've seen it a little bit this year, but they won that game on the defensive side of the court. Then you roll that into Saturday, and you had one of the biggest and best showings you've had in years. Now you're going to go on the road to Southern Miss, battle for first place, in what might be a sold-out arena, whiteout, where you have a student section and a fan base that are foaming at the mouth. They're happy that they're good in sports again. That is going to be electric. It should be on ESPN. Hopefully they'll pick it up. I don't know if it's still time to flex it. Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, I can tell you this: uh, Catherine and I are we're considering going. So, hopefully, we can send the "We Out You" tweet, and we're in the building, and maybe we can do some live broadcasting and uh, you you know, hear that correspond. Hear that everybody, all of those people who, co- who say we're negative the program, man about town, and his <laughs> wife might make the three and a half hour drive to Hattiesburg on a Thursday night. Look, so I'm no more of your foolishness, people. I'm a sucker for an event, man, and uh, you know <laughs> we're gonna get into the guys in just a minute, but I. I there's something familiar about these guys. It's easy to root for. It, it just is. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and the only, your Cajun Chicken. Cajun Chicken. What was your favorite bit? All of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I you know, Kayla probably got so... Okay, so, like many fans who listen to us, I my childhood, you know, coming from coming in from new Orleans to go to the USL games, it was USL at the time. That was my biggest, one of my most fondest memories of going to those games as a kid was the Cajun chicken. You know, he would beat on his drum and he would do the grim reaper skid and he would do all those things. And, uh, I got to high five him a few times as a kid. And I remember when they changed mascots to Kai, I was like, man, you know, what if Kai and the Cajun chicken were like a duo or something. Right. And he would come back and I had heard, uh, you know, Mr. Gerald Bear had mentioned a few times because the guy who does the Cajun chicken, by the way, for people who don't know, is his name is Mr. Russell Heim. And uh, Russell was, you know, he, he's he's actually the drummer in a Chafalaya. If you, I think if you saw Chafalaya play the national anthem last night, I believe he was, I don't know, I, I didn't make it in time for that, but he plays in the band and, and he and a few others um, have done some mascots, uh, mascot or they've dressed up and stuff in the past. And he, um, he said in a press conference that basically he he's had many surgeries, he's had some injuries, he's getting older, so it was a lot more difficult for him to uh, to come back with the chicken bit. And he was approached by the athletic department this year 
I think he he wanted he'd already gone to a lot of the games and they were like, well, why don't you go find your chicken costume and make an appearance again? And so we did. And to answer your question, Josh, as far as what was my favorite skit, I, I really couldn't tell you because I enjoyed every second that he was there. Just him being there. I mean, my we we were leaving. And we, my wife and I both like literally waited our turn to take a selfie with him. Uh, for all my friends you see on Facebook, we took a selfie with the chicken and I straight up told him, I said, Russell, you know, your experience was my childhood or your, your, your costume watching you do your thing was my childhood. And I appreciate everything you've done, you've done. And he was really appreciative of it, but, um, no, it was so cool to have the chicken back, to see the fans interact with him, the red, white, red, white. And I mean, that kind of stuff, that's what gets people to the game, right? And then also, okay, all right, you want to know the favorite skit? And I'm sure most people will agree with me on this. The the Chinese spy balloon, when he went by the Marshall bench. Yeah, that was the easy and, one. And he was walking by. <laughs> he's got this, he's got the balloons with the headphones. I was like, but but that's just the wittiness and the cleverness of of the Cajun chicken to think that quickly within a day and to go do that. Like to me. Whatever we decide to do with a mascot, and I know we've been screaming finding a mascot soon, right? If I'm the administration, I'm calling Russell Heim up and saying, look, would you be willing to volunteer training this mascot? And even if he passes the Cajun chicken, passes the torch of skits to our new mascot, I I would support it 100%. Because, I mean... I think it, the generation is 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 far away enough to say, oh, they're copying the chicken. I still think those type of skits is what attracts people to the game. And then when you get a bonus of the team winning last night or winning in general like they are now, that's what creates that atmosphere. I think the Cajun chicken played a big role in that. But, I, man, I, I was so hyped up about the chicken coming back, and, and he did not disappoint. A-plus to Mr. Heim. Job well done. It was awesome. And I think last night showed what a mascot – can do for your crowd. They were engaged. They were excited. I looked around the arena, and a lot of times you'll see people on their phones during uh, timeouts and stuff like that. I didn't see a lot of that last night. It shows the need. Again, provides clarity. I'm going to tell you a little quick story. So Camille went to sleep. She didn't come to the game, right? We wake up in the morning, and the kids are kind of doing their thing, and they walk into the kitchen, and uh, Owen had gotten a roster from basketball. So Cam sees it, and they're talking about the game. And Owen says, uh, last night I met the Raging Cajun chicken. And she said, oh, yeah? And he says, yeah, you want to know what he was doing? She said, what? He said, he was shooting hot dogs at people. (laughs) It's funny what kids latch themselves onto, but it's that extra little thing that it's like when the kid wakes up and tells the sibling, the sibling that wasn't there thinks, Oh man, that sounds like fun. And then the kids think it's fun and they're engaged. And then they maybe a couple of days down the road, they nag the parents. Hey, can we go see the Cajun chicken? Then you end up at the basketball game. And then if the team's winning, you want to continue to follow the storyline. Then you get to know the players. And it's a small thing. It really is. And I know I understand that's, that I understand the people that look at it and say, Oh, who cares? What's a mascot? Oh no. I no, think last no, night highlighted no. what it can do and, and and why it's important. My one of my fondest memories going to US again, one of my fondest memories of going to USL games as a kid was the Cajun chicken, the drum when he would beat the drum. No, which, by the way, okay, you want to talk about one complaint when he beats doom, 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 and people are screaming defense, guys, it's UL. Why, as we saw, he was looking at them like they're nuts because back in the day, it was USL, USL. Well, it changed to go UL. 
and the fans on that side are screaming defense. Guys, you're killing me. You're killing me. I mean, that's my one complaint about the game is you you said the wrong thing to the Cajun Chicken's drum beat. But anyway. He was pissed. Uh, it was great. To your point, to your point. So a lot, you know, again, with the friend, our friends we sat with had kids, had their kids with them. And every time before the chicken would come on, they would ask, when's the chicken coming back? When's the chicken coming back? You know, it's funny because Russell had said in one of his interviews that, you know, it's cool to see that a lot of the kids that he used to entertain are now parents bringing their kids. The Cajun chicken gained a new generation of fans last night through those kids. They loved them. And, and that, that again, like my wife, this I've been saying for years, bring back the chicken. Right. And my wife was like, well, what's who, you know, she's from new Orleans. So she didn't really know much about the Cajun chicken. And she's like, well, who's this Cajun chicken? What's so great about the Cajun chicken? We're leaving the Cajun dome last night. She looks at me, she goes, babe, I think we need to make the Cajun our mascot. I'm like, you see, you see, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. It's just an extra wrinkle of fun, man. And I thought, I thought it was great. He executed it great. It was great. It was a whole lot of fun. I know a lot of people want the Cajun chicken to be, you know, come back permanently. That's not going to happen. Mr. Russell can't do it. Uh, But I like your idea about maybe passing the torch and getting somebody else to do it. Look, if you want to, if you want to get old Cayenne back here to do the skits that Russell does, I'm I'm fine with it. I think I mean, it, it might even if, be a hit. Who knows? Look, I was going to say, I don't care if it's Cayenne again. If Russell can pass on like the torch, even make, make it a ceremony, make it a skit, make it like a skit. He's passing on the torch to Cayenne or something. And then Cayenne does all those acts. Like I'm all for it. I mean, it, it and here's the thing. We talk about money. It doesn't cost. You know, I don't think you have to pay him that much. You don't have to pay some crazy consulting firm, all this money to train him. Russell, I'm sure Russell, I mean, I don't want to speak on his behalf, but I'm sure he would love to do that. He's the kind of guy that would, yeah. He's he's the kind of guy that would do something like that. He's a Cajuns fan. He's he's passionate Cajuns fan. He's one of us. Absolutely, absolutely. So Saturday night won the event. We're two for our last two on Saturday nights. I think it's great. We're trending in the right direction. I think the administration is learning some valuable lessons as we go here. How the the raging Cajun fan base and community um, respond to what they're trying to do. The good thing and the bad thing about Cajun people is, look, they're loyal to a fault, but that can smell bullshit from a mile away. So cut the propaganda. That's true. (laughs) Cut the propaganda. Stop, stop letting people down, be transparent, give them what they need to get to the games. They're going to come put a good product on, get the chicken out there and entertaining people, you know, every now and then give them a shirt or two, shoot some hot dogs. Look, we're low maintenance people. Just don't try to BS us. That's what that's where you get in trouble. It's the, it's yep. the propaganda. The propaganda mill is what gets us in trouble. Anyway. Don't give us culture of can't. The don't call, give us culture Don't of give can't. me excuses. Don't give me bullshit. How can we get it done? And then here are the tools. That's all I need. Jordan, were you, all, you know, you had all the senior night stuff, biggest crowd in, in several years, and the chicken and everybody. Y'all had from wire to wire. Were you worried that y'all would not handle all this? Or, or how much fun was it? Um, it was real fun, you know. It's always fun when uh, the Cajun Dome is packed, and seeing it like that was amazing. And being able to play in front of it against a good team who competed with us uh, it was a really good thing. We had so many great stories individually on this roster. Guys, that, again, easy to wrap your arms around. Guys that are easy to root for. Look at how many locals you mentioned. Jalen Dalcor, all right, came back from Sacramento to play on this team. He's made some big shots this season. He's got he's had an impactful senior season. Glad he came back. He's a great option as a two. He can probably even give you some minutes as the three. He makes big shots. If you want to go three guard, he can make big shots. He's dangerous, okay? Gray Williams uh, Jr., um, 
came back from uh, from uh, St. John's from New York. You know, these guys, like, the Big East, you got to be kidding me. Some of the best Big college East, basketball man. in the country. No doubt. You know, he came back and I, he, he really came into his own in the conference tournament last year. But I feel like the second half of this year, he's just unstoppable, man. I think he scored 20 points in five straight games now. He makes big shots when he needs to. Thunders dunks that get people out of their seats. He's that that lightning bolt that we've needed for a long time. Absolutely. He's a modern day Dwayne. He's a modern day Dwayne Mitchell, man. I love it. I'm running with him. I mean, so, but but even better, th- these guys have great families. Jalen Dalcor's mom's all over the place. She's the nicest lady you can possibly want to meet. She's very determined. He has that same attitude. Uh, Mr. Greg Williams Sr. He we talked to him after the conference tournament last year. He was very appreciative that we talked about the team. Uh, he talked about Greg and. I just love the fact that we have such great parents around these players. Um, you talk about uh, Mr. Joe Charles, Mr. Joe, the big Joe Charles, uh, Karen Crow Joe the first. All right. Uh, <laughs> he's great. Joe. He loves the team. Uh, he, he, You can tell he's a fantastic dad. Uh, a little Joe. Call him Little Joe. He's, he's gigantic. Uh, little, right, little, yeah, little Joe. He's a chip yeah. off the old block. He's got that attitude. He's a likable kid. You can tell he just wants to win. He has a wonderful attitude. He's got an infectious smile. Uh, I really like Joe Charles. I told you last year, I thought he was a fantastic signing as a freshman. Um, Isaiah Richards, an interesting guy. Let's call him Isaiah Richards just for fun. Um, interesting guy. Uh, if, if you guys remember, the, the the scuttlebutt on the boards was that he had a rough attitude and he didn't like his playing time. He didn't like the way he's being used. A lot of people thought he was going to transfer. Well, he didn't. He stayed. Not only has he stayed, he's become one of the best teammates and one of the glue guys on the team. He has a defined role now. He plays it, again, another guy with a smile on his face, wants to win. He knows where his strengths are, and I credit the coaching staff for that. I really have to. He knows where his strengths are, and he leans on them. Isaiah Richards is a guy to keep your eye on, especially down the stretch. I think he's going to play big minutes. The combination between him and Joe defensively, absolutely love it. It gives us options, makes us versatile. Um, I'm going down the list here. Jordan Brown, what can you say? I mean, he has all the, the decorations that you would want from a, a big-time player on your roster. McDonald's All-American. He, he played for Musselman at, uh, at Nevada, right? He's at Nevada. He went to Arizona. He's been around. He's, he's competed against NBA players. He continues to get better. And I would like to point out his vision in a crowded paint since he's been at UL has gotten so much better. His, his ability to pass is something we don't really talk about I thought Saturday, and, and the prior Saturday as well, I thought that his ability to get the ball to Lewis, especially in a crowded paint, was the, was the difference. He really was very impressive passing the basketball. And then, of course, Deion Brown, uh, Raging Cajun Hall of Famer, you know, him being integral, you know, an integral part of getting Jordan back to Lafayette and playing for the Raging Cajuns. Uh, I saw a big smile on his face when they did the senior night ceremonies last uh, last night. It was great to see him. Uh, we're going to try to have a conversation with Mr. Dion. Uh, still working on that. Could be, could could maybe not be. We'll see. Uh, I think that'll be fun. Uh, but but guys like that. And then, of course, Lewis. I mean, a grad transfer from a SWAC school. You don't know what you're going to get. I like to call him, I, you know, I call him the cleanup guy. I mean, he gets every loose ball. He gets every rebound. He gets every offensive rebound. Whenever he needs to finish, the ball is up and in. It's just, it's bizarre. He's very quick. He's twitchy. I like him. He might be my favorite no, he is my favorite player on the team. I just love he's the guy that makes things go and he doesn't get a lot of attention, he doesn't get a lot of flash yeah. and flair. I mean, Dude, what can I, the, I just I love that guy. The utility big men are the best. Like like they're the ones who just kind of you don't you, you know stand out but don't, 
right? Because they're more of a team player. It's not all about just them trying to shoot, put everything up. And and him, he and Jordan Brown, those two together, you saw that duo last night, what they did. And that, again, you know, a lot of times we have guys like, of course, Kentrell Garnett, who, I mean, he, I mean, he shoots threes like free throws. He's a freaking I mean, walk on. The guy walked onto I mean, the he, team he and like carved he, out a position for himself. How can you not root for a guy who earned that playing time? But here's the thing. Some nights, if Garnett may not be on, now you have those two guys in the paint that are just putting up, <laughs> putting up, the, putting up easy shots. I mean, it, 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 that, that, that's the dynamic of this team that's so great. Every player knows his role and does and plays it to perfection. We didn't even talk about Themis Falks. I mean, his, his presence. I mean, we've been talking about an absence of a point guard and look at what he's done. Captain All of the season, ship. I mean, uh, the way he moves and the way he's able to dish the ball out is is has been fun to watch. And while as well. while we're on the guards, I want to say this. I want to give a shout out to Garnett and Thomas Fox for this. All right, there were times early in the season where they weren't running guys off the three point line. It was a slow reaction. I don't know if they were overthinking. I, I don't know what it was, but the defense was slow and at times it looked unathletic. I'm gonna tell you right now, the last couple of weeks, those guys have been as good as any guards in the Sun Belt Conference with regard to defense playing shutdown on their guys. And we've been playing a lot of man too. So if they had any deficiencies, it would have come to light. And they've been playing a lot of good defense. Garnett was spectacular Saturday um, in the dome. He was, he was. So there's so many great stories and I know I'm forgetting guys and I apologize. Look at Kobe Julian fighting through 74 knee injuries and just giving everything he's got. (laughs) I mean, look, they've got leadership. They're versatile. They've bought into their roles. Okay. They've been together. You know, Kemp made a comment about, there's something about just being with a team two and three years. And in this year, this, this time of the transfer portal and all these different things, the, the core of this, of this group has been together almost three years now, right? So I, maybe it's not all that big of a surprise of what you're seeing, guys growing up and maturing as men, but also maturing in their skill set and, and on the court together and playing together and knowing where they're going to be and trusting other guys to knock down big shots or make defensive plays or – Whatever the case is, I just think that they they find ways to win in in different categories that don't show up on the stat sheet. You know, whether it be a loose ball or a critical rebound or just much, much, much better defense. I, I find that they find ways to win games in, in not necessarily flashy ways. And I appreciate that because you're not always going to make shots. You're not always going to make free throws. You're not always going to get the bounce. You know what I mean? You got to find ways to go out and win games when you're not playing well. And I, I've seen them do that. It's hard to win 10 games in a row. I don't care if you play in the Sun Belt Conference, the Big East, Biddy Basketball, hard to win 10 games in a row. You got to be able to get that extra effort from guys. And look, defense rebounding, that's effort stuff. Well, if it, like some of the things we've played, a lot of times they're not, some of them don't shoot well against us. And it's not because they're missing shots. It's because we're playing good defense. I noticed last night, you know, Marshall missed some key shots because of the pressure we put on him. Now, granted, there were a few missed layups and a few missed jumpers, but like towards the end, look, Marshall can shoot from the outside, but they were also shooting threes that looked like they didn't get their feet set because we're putting enough pressure on them. And what do we do? We get the rebound and score on the other end. So I think our our, our defense has really complemented because honestly, if there's any weakness I saw last night offensively, it's the fact that our speed sometimes tends to, um, like we turn the ball over every once in a while because of the fact that we were too fast. You know, you would see folks try to drive in the lane. He'd get a quick pass off to, to either Lewis or Brown and they would bobble it because it was just such a 
just fast ball movement. And sometimes I think we can settle down a little bit, but when you have that type of speed offensively, that goes to show you like that's, that's, that's skill, man. That's ability. That's, that's talent. You just have to be able to tame it every once in a while. And I think once this team's able to do that, when you're able to tame that type of speed and that type of, that type of move ball movement, that's when you're able to upset a big team. That's when you're able to make the dance and get the Brown win. That's how you do it by cleaning up those little things. Small things, spacing, uh, timing, things like that. Absolutely. And, and it's a good point about Marshall. They are a good shooting team. I thought that I and, – and I've seen this more than just last night. When the Cajuns are operating at peak defense, right, they just make life difficult for everything they do. Every pass is difficult. Every shot is difficult. Every rebound is difficult. That wears on a team over time. And I know Marshall kind of made a run, and you you expect good teams to get themselves back into ball games. I just never felt – and maybe you felt differently, but – I never felt that Marshall was in the game. I, I, no. Even no, though we, we had a stretch early in the second half where folks kind of turned it over a few times and, you know, we, we, we looked a little bit sloppy at times. But even then, like, you just felt like somebody was going to hit a big shot. Somebody was going to get a big rebound, you know? I, I don't know. Maybe that was just me being high off well, the crowd and the environment. But yes. But I'm going to tell you the kind of the trend of Cajuns basketball this year. We jump off to a big lead to start the game always, like a 10-2 lead. I think it was like 16-6 to last night to start the game. We always jump off to a, you know, a good start the, before the first time out. Then usually we kind of hold the lead till halftime. And then usually like early in the second half, our opponent will make a run on us. But then we usually kind of put the game away with either like a Kintra, a Garnett three or a, maybe a 6-0 run or we just start getting good rebounds and getting fouled and we make our free throws. Like it's kind of been a, a pattern. It's been a pattern all season on the way we win games. So to your point, uh, last night I think we were able to pull away at the end because we did hit some key threes. And I think once Marshall started, they went on their run and then they started missing some shots and we just responded on the other side. So, I, I mean, I, that that – Kind of, like, I, I think they came within seven at one point. And even then I was like, nah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't nah, They just don't have enough. I, I feel, I thought we were a lot more talented than Marshall as a whole. Like they had size to their credit. They had size, but I think we not only had size to match, but we were just more athletic than them as uh, you know, compared to, cause I mean, remember last year they beat us. Remember we had to go play in Marshall. They beat us. I, I saw a totally different team this time around that we had compared to, what they were able to do on us last year was 24. I think it's Kinsey. Was he on the team yeah. last year? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's, he was probably their best player. Oh, by far. At least I, up there. I think that everything revolved around him. And again, we made him work and I know he ended up with like 26, I think, but we made him work for everything. It just, we, we it was like, we stuck a stick in a kid's bicycle wheel. It just, it, we threw everything out of whack, you know, and they never really recovered. It, it turned into a lot of one-on-one. Let me try to get inside the paint that dude, Kenzie missed a lot of open cutters to the basket because he was so worried about getting his shot. But I think that we forced him into that because nothing was moving fluid. Nothing was fluid about their passing game and their spacing and everything. They were just off. They were affected by the crowd. They were affected by defense and they weren't making their shots. I mean, we out we out rebounded Marshall by 20. That's a beatdown, man. You're not winning. You're not winning basketball games if you can't rebound. That's crazy. You know, our, our inside our inside game, especially defensively, has been pretty much on point all season long. I mean, I, I started seeing it last year uh, in that in the Sun Belt tournament where we were just playing good defense in, in the on the inside, and teams just aren't able. I mean, they'll penetrate on us every once in a while. I know Coastal. Actually, that's what cost us the game against Coastal. I noticed after the Coastal collapse, uh, ever since then we've been a lot tighter 
on our on our defense, especially on the inside. Um, even against Old Dominion, you know, we lost by four, but we were down by like 22, 23 at one point and still came within a, a one basket. You know, that's the thing about this team, man. Like they just you could be down by 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 fifty points, twenty points, and you and we'll find a way to to make still make it a game. So um, I'm excited. Look, I haven't said this in a, in a quite a while. Fired up Thursday night. I really am. I, I I think this team is focused. I think this team is hot right now. You're playing a Southern Miss team in Hattiesburg that's also undefeated at home, but we got the best of them last time. So um, hopefully we keep that momentum going into Hattiesburg and you win this game. I think you're in sole possession of first place. So feels good to be excited about basketball again. Before we go, let me thank a couple of people. Gordon McKernan, Injury Attorneys, our great partners with offices in Lafayette, Alexandria, Lake Charles, Monroe, Shreveport, Zachary, Denham Springs, Gonzalez, Hammond, and of course, their home office in Baton Rouge. You can get them at getgordon.com, getgordon.com. You can call them 888-532-1573. Don't forget, you get the Gordon guarantee when you hire Gordon. Gordon will win in case, or you don't owe a dime, no cost, no fee, no expense, nothing. Gordon has been a great partner of the Rage and Review podcast, and we certainly appreciate them. Darren Doming and Lafayette Roofing and General Contractors, of course, licensed and insured, locally owned and family operated. Big time UL alum, big time RCAF donor, great dude overall, Darren Doming. Uh, make sure you guys are checking your roofs as often as possible. If you see any sagging, signs of water damage, dark spots, holes, cracked or torn shingles, large amounts of shingle granules in your gutters, persistence of rot, mold, or moisture. Give Darren and the crew a call. Three different options for financing available. You can get them at lafayette-roofing.com. Don't forget the dash. Call them up, 337-237-ROOF, 237-7663. Also want to shout out Patriot Steel Group. The guys over at Patriot Steel Group would like to thank all RCAF donors and encourage everyone to consider giving any amount that you can to support our student-athletes and their mission to promote our great university and our programs. The founders at Patriot Steel Group have over 100 years in experience collectively in the oil and gas industry. They're here to serve all your needs with regard to seamless tubulars, uh, electric resistance welded, or anything like that. Give them a shout. Uh, Brandon Gallet or Reed Barbier, 337-443-9296. Check them out on Patriot Steel Group uh, LinkedIn page. A lot of good information there if you have any questions. Uh, thank Chris Russo for being a great partner for Raging Review uh, for quite a long time, two years now. So we appreciate Chris, everybody. Nick uh, uh, couldn't be with us. He's on, uh, uh, again, he's still stuck in Orlando. So we'll see Nick around baseball time. Uh, we got some fun stuff coming your way. So please stay tuned. Jerry, thanks for staying up late, hanging out with us, talking a little basketball. It's going to be fun man. to follow this team for the rest of the season. Looking forward to it. Hey, let's go win a championship again. Louisiana on a bracket. Hashtag Louisiana on a bracket. Can't wait. Trend it. All right, everybody. We will see you in a couple days with a softball preview and some more fun stuff after that. Rate, review, subscribe. Love on the pod. Tell your friends. We're back. We're back in the saddle. We're ready to rock and roll for the Diamond Sports. And uh, hopefully we'll watch men's basketball win a championship and hey, Sweet 16. Who knows? Go, you.